0: Hot, cold, it doesn't really matter what the weather is. Doesn't a cup of Boyer's Coffee sound delicious? We want you to have a cup of Boyer's Coffee. Just head to their website, boyer'scoffee.com, or stop by your favorite store Safeway, King Super, Sam's, Walmart. And get some Boyer's coffee, flavors like hazelnut, French vanilla, Denver blend, butterscotch toffee, or get on their email list. I'm on their email list, Drew, and I get all kinds of great offers. Just pick up a bag or a box of Keurig, uh, the Boyer's coffee, or head over to 73rd in Washington and have a cup of coffee at the mobile coffee truck.
1: Hey, if you have a project around the house, I tell you every week... Go to steel, your local steel dealer, STIHL. They have wonderful products. I have a garage full of them, whether it's a chainsaw, whether it's a trimmer, a blower. They have the right tool for you. They have all different kinds, whether it's uh, gasoline, battery operated, or electric steeldealers.com. And I'll tell you what, they have over 9,000 dealers around the country. So find the nearest one for you and you will be glad you did. It's steel, S-T-I-H-L, Steel USA dot com. This is the Drew Goodman podcast with Julie Brown.
0: Episode 65, 65. We're old. This is uh, 65.
1: It doesn't mean you're you're 65 years of age, Julie. <laughs> what this means is for 65 consecutive weeks. Oh, we've my God. Show. And listen, I want to start this show with I came to your um, wonderful abode today and i was looking for your car out front i couldn't find your car where's your car
0: (laughs) that's because i've done what many americans have done i locked my keys in my car last night and there is no worse feeling than realizing you've locked your keys in your trunk
1: most cars now you can't lock your keys in your car but well, you drive old... that 1978 <laughs> <at> Oldsmobile.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is such a terrible, it's such a bad feeling. So And um, your phone
1: was in there also. My
0: phone, it? my wallet, everything. Like I was like, oh, I'll just call a you know an Uber or Lyft. No, actually I won't. I won't be doing that. I won't be calling anybody either. Um my anyway. So yeah, so my my car, I really hope it's still there because this was last night. I walked home, took a long time. And my car's still there. So you said you would take me after the podcast to get my car. I just hope my car's still there.
1: I hope your car's still there, too. And it's going to be $20 a mile um, <laughs> for my Uber service to go get your car. Can I tell you a right. funny story? Uh, you, you know my ex-wife. Mm-hmm. And this goes back. Oh, man. This is probably... i got to think how old the kids are. It's probably like 12, 13 years ago. And I had, at the time, a nine eleven, And she was driving it in. oh that's a porsche yeah I know. A oh,
0: okay oh i had a 911 yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I rarely drove it actually anyhow yeah. two of my boys were in the back and they were and they were little mm-hmm. and chris gets yeah. in and it automatically locks and all of a sudden you know because it's small right mm-hmm. and kind of panic took over because she couldn't get the steering wheel unlocked and now the, she couldn't get the doors unlocked and and kind of panic went in. So after trying to, you know, figure it out for a couple minutes and the kids are little and they're kind of yelping or whatever in the back, she calls nine one one and she says, I know this sounds idiotic, but I'm in my husband's um, uh, it's Porsche and I can't get the doors unlocked. And she, and, and the dispatch says, well, ma'am, You know, are you on the outside or whatever? She goes, no, I'm inside the car and I'm locked in. And then all of a sudden, she's like, as she's talking, she's like trying to play with different gadgets or whatever. Uh And finally, the thing pops up. She goes, oh, never mind. I got it. She hangs (laughs) up on the uh, dispatcher. And that was used she saw it on the internet a couple of years later where they were talking about crazy 911 calls or just different yeah they didn't use her obviously right. by name or anything but they they were in the in the body of the story i think it was in the denver post they said yeah this woman got somehow got locked in her husband's sports car <laughs> and i'm like oh that was you
0: so she uh that's pretty funny yeah i think we all have a story like uh, it's just it's most people get locked out right nobody really gets locked in. but
1: i could see where it happens where all of a sudden you can't figure out how to you know unlock mm-hmm. it and now because you you're, you're getting yeah. claustrophobic and confined and like okay. how am i going to get out
0: right because you're in your husband's 911 <laughs> it's a story all <laughs> hey. right so i know that some of us wish we were kind of locked out of the second part of the uh rocky season but so i was uh, i did not do the podcast last week i know you talked about you talked about trevor you talked about Nolan, you talked about ian desmond I got a couple questions for you. Just hard hitting. Like, let's just like not, you know, I was going to say a bad word, but just we're not going to like skip around things. I want to know what you got on David Dahl. Because before the season, I talked about him being injury prone. You're like, well, you wouldn't say that to his face. And blah, blah, blah. Can
1: I say? I don't know if I said that, but mm-hmm. I listen, he is injury prone. He that, And he has to shake that moniker. He knows it. Mm-hmm. And the organization knows it, and it's not for lack of preparation. The guy's in fabulous shape. The guy works his tail off yep. he just he's one of those guys that that just frequently has gotten hurt, going back to his minor league career and it's and it's no fault of his own, uh, but at some point in time, you hear this in every sport, Julie, it's not about ability, which David Dahl has great ability, yeah, it's about availability. And this will be a big year for him. And unfortunately, he just had surgery. So instead of, you know, just working out and training for the next season, he is rehabbing. And then later on, he'll train. And he's supposedly with the shoulder surgery going to be ready to go when camp opens in late February. Mm -hmm. But David Dahl, who was an all-star last year and then got hurt in the second half of the season, is going to have to prove that he can stay on the field.
0: Yeah, I do think that that may be one of the storylines. And I, I think he what I, I know of him, he's a, a really good guy and, and talented. And but it's just at this point, now that we look to next season, this is this is a, a big question. It,
1: it is also, Julie, because as you formulate your team, you're you don't. One of the question marks, if you know, you keep him as a Rocky and don't mm-hmm. trade him, it's a little more difficult right now to trade a guy that just had surgery um, is OK. Can we count on him being a guy who's going to be out there for 150 ball games? And and you have to go, he's never done that before.
0: Yeah. So that leads me to my next let's just go for it yeah. first base. What are we doing at first What are the Rockies doing at first
1: base? I don't know if the first baseman's on the Rockies roster right now. And Josh Fuentes, it's not a knock on Josh Fuentes, who really ha- had a nice you know, final 30 games. Once he supplanted mm-hmm. Daniel Murphy at first base, he he played wonderful defense. There's no question about that. He mm-hmm. threw out some big hits. This is a power game. The Rockies are lacking in power overall. Um, they have some guys who have the ability to hit it out, but they but right now at their stage of their career, there's too many strikeouts. Josh Fuentes, I think I I'm, I I believe in the kid, but you know he's a line drive hitter. Um, I don't know if if the power comes down the road, but that's a power position. I think he's a nice piece. He certainly is a you know if he's a guy that's you know playing some coming off your bench, you have to determine what you think he is not two or three years from now, but what do you think he is in, in 2021? He certainly made wonderful strides this year, but you, you need you need to add some thump to that lineup. So Daniel Murphy's not... Daniel Murphy's. he's done. not going to be a Rocky. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a two-year deal. You know, unfortunately, his first year, he broke his finger and never performed offensively uh, like he did in the past where he was really good with you know the Mets and with Washington I mean an elite hitter Mm -hmm. and then this year he started out really well if you recall when the Rockies the first couple weeks Daniel Murphy was doing great Mm -hmm. and then it it, it, you know went downhill offensively and he's he's not a good listen there's no way to you know split hairs he's not a a, a good first baseman speaking
0: of splitting hairs I should say you you want me to after the show to give you a haircut
1: I missed some spot. I gave myself a haircut the other day with the, you know, I do a, a, you know, a one or yeah, or even less than that. Women don't know what a one. Well, I don't have a lot of hair, Julie. I don't know if you noticed that. I did. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. And so I'm like, I'm doing it myself with the, uh-huh. what do you call it, The clippers. Sure. And I must've missed a little patch back here because um, one of my boys was <laughs> giving me a hard time about it. Okay. And so I figured um, at, if you want me to drive you to <laughs> your car, you're going to have to, you know, help me out on the back of my head. I'll
0: cut, I'll cut your hair. Brendan Rogers is a player that so many Rockies fans have been really excited for and can't wait to see see this kid live up to his potential and we have not seen that where are you at with Brennan Rogers? Well,
1: you know, he got hurt a little bit this year. He still has what you would say, minimal big league at bats, probably in somewhere in the neighborhood of a hundred big league at bats. Uh, You know, so far he hasn't performed offensively like he has the potential to, I mean, this was a very high pick. Uh, He has been celebrated through, uh, a number of different services, MLB.com, Baseball America is one of the top prospects in the game. Well, at some point in time, now you have to do it at the big league level. And when he's been given an opportunity so far, he hasn't hit yet. And that is his biggest tool. He has to hit and, and hit with some some power as well. And so this is a huge year, I think, for Brendan Rodgers. Where do you think the organization is on him? I I think, you know, they need him to, you know, step forward. And uh, he had a really good spring training and he had a good summer camp. And it looked like, okay, he's going to be a contributor, um, but if you have too many question marks and go, well, we hope this guy can do this. And we hope, like we talked about David Dahl, can he stay healthy? Can Brendan Rodgers emerge? Yeah. Or is it again, two or three years down the road? Those, that's why those questions are so difficult, um, for a front office, because you have to have inside a game, Julie, you have to have baseball symmetry. You have to play good defense. You have to get timely hits. You have to pitch well. And if you do that, um, in a given ball game, you're probably going to win. Well, it's the same thing. That that's the micro. In the macro, look at it overall. You say, okay, you know what? You have three to four really good starting pitchers, a really nice nucleus of a rotation, and they're in their prime. So you want to make sure that you complement those four guys, and we know who they are, with you know, it's Story hopefully, and Aronado uh, hopefully, and some other guys to improve that offense. So and improve the bullpen so you can win legitimately in 2021 and 2022 and 2023. But if you think a guy is more of a, somebody that's going to help you in 2023, well, where does that put you right now? Right. And, and I think you run into that with certain guys.
0: So let's talk about some of these. We're going to talk to Buddy Black. Part two, Buddy Black. I know you ran the part one last week and Buddy's going to talk about some of these rule changes, what we saw this year. In a strange season that's still going on, obviously, some of the rule changes. And I know you talked to him about what he liked, what he didn't like. I'm just curious about all the rule changes. Which did you like the best? You're like, I, we need to keep this. That's
1: an interesting one. I, you know what I'd tell you? I, I, and, and I never thought I would say this because I, and I've said this on television a bunch. I've said this with you on the podcast. Uh, when the DH has come up, I was dead set uh, originally against it. I like the, how the National League played the strategy of, okay, the pitcher's coming up. Do you pull them out? That sort of thing. I'm done with it. We, you need the DH in the National League. Um, I, I was fine with it. Listen, every guy who comes out of that bullpen who's throwing 98 to 100 – Big league position players are struggling to hit. So why on earth do we need to see some pitcher who's got no shot hitting? So I want to see the universal DH. I want to see it in the National League. I've done a 180 on that from a, a year or two ago. That would be number one for me. And then interestingly, I'll jump to another one really quickly. Julie, It's I've enjoyed watching the postseason so far. Me too. And I And I think that when you watch, first of all, they're playing every night because there's they're in a bubble and, and mm-hmm. there's no travel, which I think is kind of interesting because to, to get to the postseason in baseball, it's not just about, oh, we have two really good starting pitchers or three, which in the postseason, the four and five never show up. They kind of work out of the bullpen because there's so many days off. This year, you got to work those guys in, so it's about the depth of your team and not just who the front line guys are. So if I, I've enjoyed that. I also think it keeps the expanded playoffs keeps other teams relevant when it's July and you've gotten off to a, you know, maybe not a great start, uh, but you're still relevant. And and so there's more fan interest. I don't know if it would be eight going forward. I know baseball wants to expand by two more teams, which would make it 32, Mm -hmm. but I do think this is where baseball needs to evolve. Um, And if it ends up being eight and half, half the teams go to the playoffs, um, I'm, I'm okay with it. And, and years ago, I wouldn't be because it's all about you know, going through 162 in the marathon. I still think you're going to find your best teams. And I still think you can give the best teams the advantage initially in the playoffs. Um, but I think it keeps fan interest, which is so important. It's worked in the NBA. It's worked in the NFL. It's worked in the NHL, where basically half the teams go to the postseason. I think baseball should adopt that going forward.
0: What about any of the rule changes that we saw this year that you don't want to see again?
1: I'm not sure. I'm on the fence, Julie. Uh, too, and it's a great question. I'm on the fence with the three batter minimum, where a guy comes in. I think a you know, there's a part of me that says a manager should have the right to okay, you know, big slugging left-handers up. I'm going to go bring in my nasty left-hander just to face to ha- face him. He shouldn't have to face the next two guys. Part of the strategy of baseball. Part of how a manager is going to work his bullpen. Uh, if they stay with it, there is strategy, and you'll hear from Buddy on that. There is strategy in how to utilize guys now, knowing that they have to face three. Also, how you put your lineup together. Um, but I'm 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 still on the fence on that one. And the other one is the California tiebreaker, and I would kind of do a hybrid. You know, this year in the truncated season, we went to it immediately in the tenth inning. And it's not involved in the postseason. It should never be involved in the postseason if you, If you go seventeen innings in the postseason, you have to win the game organically as you as you did thirty and fifty and seventy years ago. But during the regular season um because of injury and and so on i would I would say, okay, play twelve innings, and after twelve in the 13th, if if we're still tied, put a guy at second base. I, I would do that type of hybrid.
0: That makes sense. I like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, I like that. So you did talk to Buddy Black.
1: Buddy Black.
0: Buddy Bud Black. Black. <laughs>
1: Harry Black. I call him Harry. Harry. Really like Harry. Buddy.
0: So let's hear from Harry Black.
1: Uh, I I know you enjoy the uh, the intellect of moves you have to make late in the game when you when you do have a pitcher and utilizing a bullpen and something you've done very, very well for a long period of time. Now that you've participated in a season with the DH and knowing how tough these guys are, maybe tougher than ever to hit because everybody rolls out of the pen throwing 99-100, um, where are you on that?
2: You know, uh, Drew, I've always held pretty firm on, uh, you know, keeping the National League intact and and having a DH in the American League. But, you know, this year sort of led me to believe that I'm open for the discussion to change. I think that, and you said it, I mean, the you know, the the stuff these days, the you know, from the pitcher, the velocity, the secondaries, you know, just makes it so difficult for a pitcher to, to have any impact on the game, uh, you know, let alone hit. But even, God, I mean, to lay a bunt down sometimes it's, Against some of this stuff is, uh, you know, hard to do because it's really hard for her to, to to mimic that in practice or a pitcher to take batting practice and come out and try to hit Garrett Cole or try to hit uh, Walker Bueller. I mean, these 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 that's a that's a tough chore. So, uh, you know, adding another bat, uh, you know, adding a a ch, I think. Does create a, an element that the, I think the fans want and might be might be good for the game. As much as I love the the strategy of uh, of how to use the bullpen and the and the use of your bench and, and creating a roster a National League roster that's flexible and uh, you know getting the right guys who can uh, really impact and make a difference on your team. I'm gonna I'm gonna I could miss that part of it, but overall I'm, I'm, I'm really open to uh, you know for, for the DH
1: yeah you know what I've, I've said on the air toward the latter part of the season buddy uh, I you know again you and I've talked about this many times I, I felt the same way you did but now I'm like hey you have elite uh, talent position players who can't who can barely hit over the Mendoza line with the, the stuff up there. So now we're going to ask some guy that's not even his craft to try to, you know, produce offensively or help you in, in some way. And it's just, uh, I, I think the game's gotten to the point where we probably have to go with the DH. How about, how about three batter minimum? That was a strange one, an odd one. Bruce Bochy, uh you know, <laughs> I like thinking about his boat marching out to the mound and probably uh Took some weight off boats but he would if he was still managing wouldn't have to do that anymore. Are you in with it, or, or what was your take on it?
2: Well, you know, it it uh, again. I think there's there's true strategy to you know to having specialists or a guy facing one guy and another guy facing another. Uh, uh, you know, you sort of you work your way through a game, and you know the the spots for certain players. Uh, you know, before this rule. Uh, and I thought that, uh, you know, I I thought that added to the creativity of your, of your roster, of your pitching staff. I really did it. Now this brought in a new element of strategy where to to find guys who, you know, who have the ability to, to, to face three hitters and get them all out. Uh, I mean, you still have the, uh, you still have the component to, to get a matchup left on left, uh, but you don't. You you never had the luxury if he didn't get him out to take him out. You can, you didn't have that luxury, so uh, you had to make sure that uh, if he didn't get the guy out that he was supposed to, at least he he was talented enough and skilled enough to maybe get the next guy. And that's sort of the difference. So the the true specialist, the true right-handed specialist, the true left-handed reliever specialist, uh, you know, those guys, you know, you know, are going to go by the wayside. So, you know, it was fair for everybody. We're, again, we're all, uh, you know, doing the same under the same rules. Uh, you know, I understood why, you know, I, I guess I understood why they wanted to do it. I'm not so sure it helped uh, speed up the game. Uh, but that would probably be one that I would – Debate more than the others. Uh, if we're going to go to the uh, the extra inning rule, put a man on second. I'm sort of in favor of that one uh, more than the, the three hitter minimum.
1: Is that is that because you save your your bullpen and you save your arms for the next day and the following day? Is that your thought there, buddy?
2: Well, I think it. You know, it. I think it just you, you have to you have to be skilled on how to use your bullpen. If, if, if you're not, if you don't have any restrictions, I think, I guess it works both ways. You gotta be skilled to use your bullpen no matter how, no matter what the, no matter what the rules are. But I think, you know, in, in true competition, you're, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be, uh, restrained from using your team how you want to use it.
1: Back with more Buddy Black in a moment, but want to tell you about our friends at Ideal Home Loans. If you're in the market for a new home, if you're in the market to refinance your current home, if you want to consolidate debt, do as I've done on several occasions. Call the good folks at Ideal Home Loans, 303-867-7000, 303-867-7000. Brent Ivinson's company working on 20 years. They are a major player in our market. They're down in Arizona, and they will take wonderful care review just as they've done with me on a number of occasions. It is ideal home loans three hundred three eight six seven seven thousand three oh three eight six seven seven thousand and Noel more with Buddy Black. You referenced the, the uh the California tiebreaker rule and you I, I'm kinda of surprised you said it. You're you're okay with that. that I'm,
2: I'm okay of? with that. Maybe not in the tenth, but uh, you know, let's talk about it maybe in the eleventh or twelfth. I you know, I, I still think we can play a couple extra innings. And then if the game's tied after that, I think that uh, you know we could talk about the California tiebreaker. You know the way pitching is now, the way uh, injuries are happening, uh, you know I, I just think that makes a lot of sense. And I do, and I know in the playoffs this year, Drew, they're not going to use the tiebreaker; they're going to play it through. And I sort of like that. Yeah, I sort of like that in the playoffs. I'll compromise there on
1: that. Yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, just if you compare it with the NFL, NFL, you can't have a tie in the regular season. Clearly, in the postseason, you can't have a tie. You just, you know, you play it out. You know, not to get it to the NFL, I would get rid of the uh, if you score a touchdown, the other team doesn't get the ball. But that's a different different topic. Um, hey, uh, buddy, were you at all surprised with? the ability of major league baseball and the individual teams to actually get through this thing, because I know there were so many naysayers initially and then fairly early on, you had the situation with Miami and not long after that, the situation with St. Louis. And here we are, there's a post season and every team could have played 60 and most teams did play virtually everybody else did played 60 short of St. Louis. So, um, Were were you surprised by that? I was
2: a little bit based on what happened early, right? With all the, even out of the shoot, when the testing came out, there was a number of players that uh, tested positive. And then when we got into the season, the Miami situation, then St. Louis, like you mentioned, I'm surprised it sort of stopped there. You would think that it would continue. But I'll tell you this, Drew, uh, you know, I was so impressed by, you know, our players, and I heard so often from other managers and coaches how they were impressed by, uh, you know, their players and the players' discipline and and the players adhering to the protocols. And, you know, our training staff, our, uh, you know, people involved in our uh, compliance uh, were on top of it, and they made sure, I mean, it was a firm hand with us, and I assume it was a firm hand with everybody else. And then after uh, you know after the St. Louis thing, uh, MLB sort of stepped up their involvement uh, to make sure that we all complied, and the players adjusted. We all, I mean, it was Drew. It was it was a lot of straight lockdown, and we got through it. So, uh, but MLB and the players in each organization, I think, we're committed to do this. So. Uh, once underway, I was worried, uh, but once I saw, you know, everybody uh, really committed, it, it didn't surprise me. And, I, you know, I think they're going to go through this situation, uh, you know, the next couple of days in these series and then uh, the bubble. It, it's gonna, there's going to be a World Series champion at the end of this.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. And, I, and I'll tell you what, you and your guys and everybody throughout baseball, I said this a bunch on the air as well, that everybody needs to be commended because, not easy, um, unprecedented, and you you all got through it and really got through it well. And and I think maybe set the standard, um, you know, for other leagues in that you guys were traveling. I know the NBA and the NHL have had success, but they were in the quote unquote bubble environment and you guys were traveling. So there were a lot of opportunities for hiccups and, uh, you know, everybody adhered to it. Yeah. It was was on the other
2: end of that. Now the you know, our, our, our plane flights, our hotels, uh, you know, at the visiting ballpark and everybody drew was on board of doing the right things. I mean, it just, you didn't see, a, uh, very, I mean, you didn't see a slip up anywhere, uh, from our, uh, you know, our flight crews to the, uh, you know, our hotels, uh, personnel, uh, you know, at the ballpark, the, the visiting clubhouse attendance and uh, people around the ballpark. I mean, it was it was
1: impressive. You, you mentioned the postseason; uh, it gets going today uh, as we tape this. Uh, who do you like, and why? You know, we saw
2: firsthand the Dodgers and the Padres. Uh, you know, you know, two teams with uh, you know a, a great deal of talent. That you know, we saw the Padres. You know, in midstream, change, right, Grew. I mean, those trades that they made uh, were, uh, you know, added to their team, I thought, tremendously. Getting, you know, getting Rosenthal, getting the two catchers, uh, you know, getting Moreland. I mean, uh, you know, what a what a nice job uh, to add to that group. And the Dodgers, I think, you know, all year long had a, uh, you, know, a you know, a very talented team. I think getting Betts. Uh, you know, you know, made a big difference with that group. You know, their their bullpen uh, was constructed with great balance, and uh, you know they're going to be tough to beat just based on, you know, just their overall talent. Uh, the Padres are, uh, you know, I think the Padres also could could do some damage here if, uh, and run a, and have a long, deep run here if they continue to do what they're doing. You know, it's a little different. I mean, we didn't see the other teams, right? We didn't see all the other National League teams, so. You know, I can't get a vibe for them for uh, for them, but you know, just watching on TV and reading, uh, you know, I, I think the Reds, you know, have a have a shot here too. I think they're, you know, they're starting pitching is solid. I think they have enough bullpen, and it seems like their bats are starting to come around a little bit. That they didn't, you know, they didn't hit early in the year. You know, Suarez and mustakas and. Uh, you know, some of those guys didn't hit early, but they're hitting now. So, I mean, those are the three teams for me that stand out. I know the Braves, you know, the, the Braves have a great offense, but they're a little banged up on the mound. Uh, the Cubs, you know, again, I mean, good, uh, good starting pitching. Feel the, I feel the Padres and the Dodgers.
1: Yeah, I, I would concur. I think the Dodgers, uh, naturally, you know, we have a bias because we see them so much. The Dodgers would be tough to beat. And and so much now, San Diego, I, you know, I love what the Padres have done, but so much will depend on uh, Clevenger and Lemet.
2: Right, no doubt. I think the – not to know, yeah, getting Clevenger, I didn't mention him earlier, but, you know, that's a, uh, you know, that's a playoff uh, – that guy starts playoff games. He's got good. So, uh, you're right. If, yeah, if Lemet and Clevenger are healthy – uh, you know, that pushes, uh, you know, uh, Paddock or, or Davies to the bullpen, which only strengthens them. So, uh, you know, they're, uh, you know, the Padres are poised to make a little uh, deep run here.
1: Hey, buddy, uh, last one. What's on, what's on the agenda for you next two, three weeks? What's it look like?
2: You know, uh, Drew, I'll, you know, I'm going to get back here to San Diego. Uh, I'll be in contact with, uh, you know, with our guys in, in the front office here probably within the next, four or five days just to, you know, start our conversations. Uh, I think all of us are going to, you know, take a little, you know, three or four day break and uh, exhale, uh, but then we'll get after it with, with conversations. I know that, you know, on the administrative side for the front office, you know, there's things to do to, you know, set rosters and, you know, start the conversations with agents and and so forth. But uh, it's a little bit of a downtime here for a week. I'll start uh you know, next three weeks, I'll start catching up with some players just really informally about their offseason. I already caught up with most of the guys, you know, the last week of the season, uh, you know, especially this past weekend when, you know, we, we officially got eliminated. But, uh, again, I'll head over to the instructional league uh, in a few weeks. We have a situation in Salt River that some of our younger players are going to start uh, uh, gearing up to to have a five-week, Uh, instructional league, which I think will be beneficial for, for them. They'll play games. It's sort of a throwback to the old instructional league. Uh, Most of the teams are involved. So that's a good thing in Arizona. Uh, But uh, you know, not, uh, you know, not much here the next three or four days, but it it will start in earnest in a, in about a week to 10 days, the, you know, the normal off season routine of, of, of still talking about our team and talking about our players.
1: Absolutely, but well, buddy, listen. Um, hang on one sec after after I say say good night here. But uh, I appreciate uh, everything you do for us uh, from a television standpoint. It's always great catching up. Uh, have a terrific off season, and uh, I look forward to a, a little more normalcy next year. Fingers crossed.
2: Yeah, thanks, Drew. I know that uh, you guys uh, you guys do a great job. You love our team. You love the Rockies. Uh, you're fair. Uh, you tell it like it is. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's cross our fingers and hope that this virus passes and we can get back to doing our normal thing of seeing each other live on, on the field, in the dugout, on the plane, in the clubhouse, all that, and, uh, and and we get fans back in the ballpark to enjoy baseball.
1: Yeah, amen to that. Hey, there's no question um, for Buddy and and for the front office. This is going to be it, it's always an interesting offseason, how you formulate your roster. But there's so many moving parts now, not just with the Rockies, not, to, not just questions you have to have answered, as we discussed last week with Nolan and, and with Trevor Story but the whole industry because there weren't fans in the stands. How many teams are willing to spend? How many teams are really going to be cutting costs, which means some bigger-name players may become available that you didn't think would become available? It's going to be fascinating when we roll into the off season, not just for the Rockies, but for all of baseball.
0: Hey, Drew, you know what else is kind of interesting is all the sports going on actually right now, not just baseball, the expanded playoffs, but um, NBA going on, of course, NFL. And we're going to talk about that in a second. You had a chance to catch up with Nick Epstein, who's a sports book manager at Monarch Casino about everything, all those sports and maybe how you can win a little bit of money off of that.
1: All right, Nick, exciting times. There's so many sports going on. I guess uh, the NHL dropped out because Tampa Bay wrapped things up uh, a week ago. But the NFL, Major League Baseball, um, NBA still going on. Uh, you have golf coming up. So i tell you what, tell me how you can get the Bet Monarch app. What's the easiest solution?
3: Hey, Drew, I'm glad to be back. You can get our Bet Monarch app on the App Store for any Apple device. Or if you have an Android device, you can go to our website, website monarchblackhawk.com, where you can also see updates on the property and uh, get updates on when the expansion is going to open up.
1: Terrific. Now, I was on the uh, Bet Monarch app, and, and I know you got a bunch of parlays going. Tell me about the one on the run line in baseball because there are so many playoff games on right now.
3: Absolutely. On the second-to-last day of the season, we had a guest hit a 10-team parlay on the run line, which is almost like a lottery ticket. It was unbelievable. And the run line in baseball, for those of us that don't know, is a spread. So for the favorite, it's minus one and a half. You have to win by two or more. Or if you're the underdog, it's plus one and a half. You can lose by one run or win the game. And uh, that one lucky guest hit 10 of those in a row, which is Truly unbelievable! It's seven hundred to one odds.
1: That's pretty big uh, payout. I hope he was uh, buying drinks and dinner for everybody that night. Tell me, um, tell me about a, a parlay bet. You know, I think most people understand what a parlay bet is, but for those that are just getting involved, uh, why don't you give us a quick rundown?
3: Certainly, it's a group of bets that all have to win for you to win the bet. It can be two or more, so a two-teamer, a seven-teamer, an eight-teamer, and they all have to hit. And if they do all hit, you're looking at a big payday.
1: Right. And, and the odds increase, obviously, the more teams you get involved.
3: Yes, yes. It can be it can be up in the hundreds or thousands to one on certain bets.
1: Okay. I saw Sergio last week. Sergio Garcia won down in Mississippi. Um, will, will that affect his odds, perhaps, in the Masters in November? It's, it's weird to talk about Augusta in November, but that's what's going to happen.
3: Yes, the Masters is... I can't believe it's only, uh, probably about six weeks away. Uh, as we all know, Sergio won a couple years ago and, uh, he hasn't been playing well this year since the restart, but he won, he wins this past week at 50 to one in Mississippi and, uh, he's definitely going to be looked at for, for Masters Futures betting as well as, uh, the three top on the board right now. We've taken a lot of action on Dustin Johnson, Jordan Spieth, and Rory McElroy and it's just going to, it's just going to keep piling on until, uh, until they tee off in Augusta. All right.
1: Talk a little bit about baseball now. Are the Dodgers the prohibitive favorite at Monarch?
3: Definitely. Um, everyone loves the Dodgers just because the all-star lineup, the pitching staff, the, the recent success, and uh, eventually they have to win one. They've had all these disappointing uh, post-seasons, and uh, everyone thinks they're going to pull through this year.
1: What about the biggest underdogs? Where's the money falling there?
3: The old Marlins uh, from Florida are the uh, the biggest shot on the board right now. Uh, they would have to take down the Braves, potentially the Dodgers, and then potentially the Yankees or Rays in the AL. So uh, you can still get a big number on them at that Monarch.
1: I know it's not been a great start uh, for the Broncos. They've had a little bit of time off after beating uh, the woeful Jets, but um, what, what do you see in their near future? It's a critical juncture right now for the Broncos.
3: Some, some fans want them to essentially tank and, and try to get Trevor Lawrence. That's, that's the, uh, the number one pick consensus. And then some think they can sneak into that seventh spot of the playoffs. Obviously, this year we have the expanded playoffs, so there's one more team. And uh, if the Broncos can get some consistency, Maybe they can sneak in, but, uh, I don't know. I, with all the injuries, I, I think they should personally get healthy, uh, uh, try to develop these, these young draft picks that they have, which are, which can be phenomenal. Obviously Jerry Judy is amazing and, uh, and go from there. I, I really think, uh, I really think they need a coaching change, but that's going to be, that's going to be up to, uh, up to management and we'll see what they do.
1: What about the odds for for the Super Bowl? Have you seen uh, those change, not just with, you know, obviously with the Broncos, but with, with other teams? Uh, have you seen uh, movement on the board since this season is now at the quarter post?
3: Yes, absolutely. With all the injuries, there has been tons of movement in the Super Bowl market. The Chiefs are still on the top of the board right now. Uh, the Ravens are right there. But we are seeing favorites at the beginning of the season take a little bit of a tumble. The 49ers were our third choice to start the season and now they've tumbled down to the 10th choice uh the Seahawks have increased a little bit Russell Wilson is making the quarterback position look easy when it's one of the hardest jobs in the world and and Tom Brady and the, Tom Brady and the Bucks are uh are right there as well uh with with the Saints looking the way they are the Bucks have increased to our fourth choice
1: there's a, there's a lot it's amazing. There's really so much stuff going on in, in the sports world because of uh the strangeness of 2020. So tell again people how they can place bets with the uh with the Monarch app and also uh about getting up to the casino because it's gorgeous. It's a great getaway.
3: Yeah, just a 30 or 40 minute drive to the beautiful Blackhawk area. Uh we have great weather right now. A little bit of fall, a little bit of summer. Our expansion is very soon opening up where you can enjoy the whole property. We have table games back. We have slots already. Obviously, I'll be here at the Sportsbook. If anyone wants to come up and talk sports and use our kiosks that are open 24 hours a day. And you can always bet anywhere in Colorado from our app, Bet Monarch. You can get it in the App Store for any Apple device. And you can always go to our website, monarchblackhawk.com, to see updates on the property pictures and my emails on there as well. If you ever need to contact me and to download it for any Android device through our website.
1: And last thought, Nick, there's a lot of competition out there in the sports betting world. Why bet Monarch?
3: It's real easy. It's a triple threat. I give personalized service to every guest I have. If you're going to show me the loyalty, I am going to show you loyalty back. And Whenever you ha- need something, I'm available. My team is available here up at the property. We have the best odds in Colorado and overall the best
1: gaming experience you will get in Blackhawk. Beautiful. Nick, thanks, man. We'll talk soon. Appreciate it. Good luck this week. Thanks, Drew. Have a good night.
0: Once again, that was Nick Epstein, the sportsbook manager at Monarch Casino. Had a lot of good stuff to say. Just learn today, by the way. You taped this before. Uh, we learned the news today. Talking about the Broncos and betting on the Broncos and NFL. Coronavirus has hit the NFL and now is affected the Denver Broncos. The game with the Broncos that was supposed to be in New England at 225 on Sunday has been moved to Monday at 305. All the people that will be getting um, off of early Monday. There's gonna be a lot of people, by the way. So, which is interesting to hear the, the play. Shelby Harris didn't like it. I mean, there's a lot of when you look at, of course, health is... The major thing, but then you look at the effects of it, and you go, well, "Okay, is that one more day that Cam Newton has to rest up and play? Is that one more day or one less day that the Broncos have to prepare for their next game against Miami?" And I think that, that was Shelby Harris's point of view.
1: Well, here's the deal, and I'd say this to Shelby Harris if he was sitting here, I'd say it really nicely, though. Yeah, you'd say, um, Shelby. I'd say, Shelby, Mr. Mr. Harris, <laughs> um, every one has had to adjust, mm-hmm. and this is not going to be the last adjustment for a team. It could be several adjustments throughout the year for the Broncos. Look what we just went through with baseball. Miami, who just got eliminated today as we tape this podcast, but they had a great run going to the postseason. I mean, they played 61 players. They were basically on the sidelines for two weeks. We are where we are with the world right now. Yeah. So if the NFL is forced to move a game a day or even two days or maybe move it to your bye week, that's what has to happen. And everyone has to adjust. And if they want to get through the NFL season, just like Major League Baseball got through their season, the NBA and the NHL were in their bubble. Mm-hmm. But those leagues have kind of shown the blueprint, especially baseball for football, because baseball was traveling. Right. You have right. to adhere to the protocols. Yeah. And otherwise, you're not only letting teammates down; you're letting your brethren down around the league. And Roger Goodell came out, and I understand this, and he was pretty forceful. He said, "You know, if they're if they're, you know, as a team that is, you know, negligent in following the protocols, they could lose money in terms of fines, game checks, you know, actually forfeit a game." And so, you know, it, it, it's serious. But everyone, we know this, man. Everybody's had to adjust.
0: Well, remember baseball, how scared we were. I remember you were really nervous that every day you'd wake up and like, oh, my God, is the season going to be canceled because of what happened so early in the season? I think that's, as you pointed to, that's where the NFL is right now. If you don't get a hold of this, it's going to spiral out, out of control. control. control.
1: Yeah. yeah. Julie. I was on the phone w- right when I was coming down here to see you with our, our general manager at AT&T. And he said, you know, it's awesome that, that we got through it and everybody in baseball got through it. Yeah. He said, honestly, I, I, I was betting on, it was going to go about 15 games or so. And, and it just, it wasn't going to, it wasn't going to happen. I think a lot of people um, felt that way. Not that they were just, you know, being doom and gloom. It just seemed like it would be too hard to pull off. Um. So, you know, everybody has to adhere. Everybody has to adjust. And that's, you know, the teams that we said this in baseball, Julie, the teams that adjust better than others are going to have a better chance of playing beyond the regular season.
0: Yeah, it's all kinds of interesting. So anyway, we'll talk about that next week in the podcast. At this point, I need to give you a haircut and then you need to give me a, car, uh, a ride to my car. Can we do that now?
1: I think we can do that now.
0: OK, we'll see you next week.
1: Take care, folks.